And sisters and brothers, if, if I understood correctly, this past weekend, we had something special roll through town. We had the Astros caravan come our way. Anybody make it? Sure did. I know that's right. Can, I, I, you don't have to tell me. I'm going to put you on the spot. Did you have to wait at all? How long did you have to wait? An hour in line. Was it worth it? I know it was. I'm sure it was. Well, as far as I understand, you're, you're Matt, Mr. Batman, so you probably had it good. I saw other people had to wait hours in line just to, just to join the Astros caravan. And I bet if you were to ask them, was it worth it, you know what they say? Yes. So here's the reality, sisters and brothers. We're okay with waiting if it's worth it. Amen? Well, I'm going to say something to you that you've probably heard me say before, but I believe it's worth repeating. That just because things aren't going your way doesn't mean they're not going God's way. And that sometimes you just have to wait for God's way to be made known. Patiently, that's right. That's right. But you know how we are. We have this tendency, if we're not careful when we have in our relationships, you know, one bad word to a coworker, and all of a sudden it's not just one bad word, it's a whole bad relationship because of one word. Or, or one bad moment of our day becomes one entire bad day. We say our day is ruined because of one small moment. And then one bad day feels like, oh, my life is just ruined. Oh, woe is me. Pity, pity. Pity, pity, pity because of one bad day. Well, I'm going to suggest to you, sisters and brothers, that you and I, sometimes when we're not careful, lose sight of the bigger plan of God around us. And I think we, we notice that we're just getting into the new year. We still tell people Happy New Year, especially people we haven't seen since all the way last year. But, but I noticed uh, as we got into 2018, I saw a bunch of people put online, oh, goodbye, 2017, you were the worst, and oh, you were so hard, and uh, uh, uh." and I got to thinking, that's strange. That's the same thing they said about 2016. They're like, oh, bring on 2017, you're so much better than 2016, and now that 2017's gone, I'm like, oh, 2018, you're so much better, 2017, let me ask you a question. Even if you have bad things that happened in 2017, even if 2017 was a time when, when something, some kind of one of those markers in your life that, was, that were not so good, even if that was one of those years, does that mean everything about the year was bad? Of course not. Because there's always the larger will of God surrounding us. And so sometimes we have to be willing to realize that we aren't so good at seeing the larger will of God around us. And that quite often, because we're so uh, willing to pick at the little things here and the little things there, we miss the beauty of God that is surrounding us every single day. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not trying to downplay when 
when tough things happen to us, when we experience uh, tragic things, when we experience painful moments in our life, I'm not trying to say that those things don't matter and those things really aren't that big a deal, but I want to remind you that even in those moments, and maybe even especially in those moments, as good Methodist Christians, we remember that the best of it all is what? God is with us. The best of it all is God is with us. So sisters and brothers, if you're experiencing those painful moments, if you're enduring those tragedies, those heartaches, know that God is there with you. God hadn't gone anywhere. That's the best part of it. Now, maybe, y'all, your life is perfect, so that doesn't mean anything to you. But for somebody like me, when I experience those things, you better believe, sisters and brothers, I, 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 I've told this plenty of times before, the most painful moment, painful experience in my life was losing a sister. I remember there were two things that carried me through that time. The presence of God and the people of God. Because the presence of God doesn't go anywhere. So we can at least hold on to that, that God is with us. And that's important for our text today because we're, we're reading from the story of Joseph from Genesis. And if you've been reading with us, or you've read the story before, you realize there's a couple of times throughout that story where the writer reminds us God was with him. That God was with Joseph. Now, that's important because you may remember Joseph. He's the, the, he's the, the younger of the brothers The older brothers don't really care for him. He's the one that gets these visions, these dreams about how his life is going to be, which, by the way, that means that his brothers are going to bow down to him. So now his brothers really don't like him. They actually hate him. They hate him so much. You guys know, right? Older siblings, these younger ones. You know how it is. You know what I'm saying? But you guys aren't as bad as these guys because these brothers said, you know what? We hate you so much. We almost want to kill you. And they were convinced not to do that, so they did the next best thing they thought to do, and that was to throw him in the pit and then to sell him as a slave. So Joseph was rejected by his family, his brothers, sold into slavery. But you know what this text says? God was with him. And then, as he's into slavery, he's able to make something out of it. God is able to make something out of it, something good even in this troubled time. But even in that troubled time, he gets accused of some misconduct with his boss's wife. Some of you know this story. It's, it's a novella, y'all. I'm telling you, this stuff is wild. But he gets falsely accused and he gets thrown into jail, even a deeper jail. Again, he gets everything taken from him. But you know what the text still says? God was with him. Even in jail, he's shown to have this ability to interpret dreams. And there's these two people who come and they need their dreams interpreted. One was a cupbearer, one was a baker to to Pharaoh. He interprets their dreams for them and he tells them, look, here's what's going to happen in your dream. Uh, He tells one of them, you're going to return to to your status. You're going to have everything restored to you. When that happens, don't forget about me. Put in a good word for me to Pharaoh. Don't forget me. But you know what he does? He forgets them. But you know what the truth still is for Joseph? God was still with him. As the story goes, even out of all of that tragedy, Joseph is restored. In fact, he's not just restored. He's brought to greater power. 
that the only person with more power than Joseph is Pharaoh himself. That Pharaoh looks to him kind of like a dad. Pharaoh looks to him as the one he trusts to to maintain his household. He has authority and power that he never had before. And even then, God is still with him. It brings us closer to where we are in our text today when one day as Joseph is doing what he's doing, there's a great famine in in the land, a famine that he knew was coming, that he told everybody to be prepared for. And one day as people are coming and coming to buy food that he has stored up for the people to be able to go through this famine, he notices a group of, of men coming forward. And as the group gets closer and closer, he, he recognizes them. And when they finally come to where he is, he, he realizes these are his brothers. The same ones that threw him in the pit. The same ones that would have killed him. The same ones that sold him into slavery. Now, imagine what you would have done in that situation. And just remember, I know some of your parents. But Joseph devises this test to be able to see if his brothers have actually changed. And I won't recount all of that. But he finds a way to to test their heart, essentially, to find out, do they care about one another? Because before, they didn't care about me. And maybe there's a part of Joseph that says, you know, I have every right to do what I want to do to them. But let me find out first. So Joseph gives these tests to, to see whether they would leave a brother again, to see whether they would turn their back for good on their family again. And what Joseph learns is that they're not willing to do that anymore. So his brothers return. They return again. And he reveals himself to his his brothers and says, it's me. It's me. We didn't read that part today, but he would tell his brothers later on, look, what you intended for evil, God meant for good. What you tried to make bad for me, God was using to bring me up. Look where I am today. I am your ruler. Remember the dream I had so long ago where God showed me that you would bow down before me? Ha ha, here we are. Now I think knowing how maybe I would have wanted to react in that situation and maybe how some of you would have wanted to react, I have to feel like part of what made Joseph so able to not react that way is because he knew God was with him. Because he knew God had carried him all along. And that even out of the most tragic times of his life, God was still at work. It wasn't working his way, but you better believe it was working God's way. But where we are in our story today, the the brothers, they return home. Pharaoh comes and he sees that Joseph has been reunited with his family. and He's happy for him. He says to the brothers, look, go back home. And when you come, bring your father and your your younger brother back. I'm filling in some of the details. If you haven't read the story, please go back and do. But when you go back to them to to bring them back here to Joseph, here's all these wonderful gifts I want you to bring. And you you heard what Lino read. He, He filled them with all kinds of things. I mean, donkeys, everything, right? Who wouldn't want a new donkey? Amen. 
but just fill them with all these gifts and tell them to go back and bring your family back here. And the brothers go back. And they go to their father. And one of the things that we remember is that when Joseph was sold to slavery, the brothers didn't go back and say, hey, Dad, guess what we did? They, they lied to their dad and said, something's happened to him. And, of course, like any, any of us, any parent, Jacob is, is heartbroken. His life has been taken away from him. He feels like there's nothing else to live for, probably. And so when the sons come back and they say, Dad, he's alive. The text says he couldn't believe him. He couldn't believe what they were saying. You know, he probably couldn't believe him the first time when they told him what happened to Joseph. But now with all this, this is beyond good news. This is great news. This is our life's back news. Dad, he's not dead. He's alive. Not only is he alive, he is the ruler of Egypt. Jacob says, I can't believe that. Can you, can you blame him? I, I don't know that I believe him anyway. I, that I would be able to believe him. But, but the story does something great. The story says he didn't believe him, but he kept listening to them. He kept listening to what the brothers were saying. Oh, Dad, you should see his office. Dad, he's got servants. Dad, you should see his spread. Dad, you should see his clothes. You should see his jewelry. You should see the way people act towards him. You should see the way that people respect him. Dad, and they go on and on and on. And maybe as they go on and on, Jacob says, well, okay. But then, then, oh, I love it. The text says, he also sees everything they brought. So let me interpret that for us the way I see it for us today. He saw the blessing that came with them. So I'm going to tell you this, sisters and brothers. The best of everything is that God is with us. And as you and I walk through this life, as we do, and as you and I go through all these difficult moments, as we will, don't ever take your eye off the blessing. I know it's going to be hard sometimes. I know it's going to feel like it's not there. You're not going to want to believe it. But don't take your eye off the blessing of what God has brought to you. Don't take your eye on the gifts that God has said. These are yours. These are your gifts. These are your blessings. These are your reminders of my promise to you. Hang on, sisters and brothers, because it may not be going your way, but it may be going God's way. And I know we talk a lot about Joseph. Matter of fact, Joseph's story goes on and on for several chapters. You may think, oh, man, Jacob's kind of mentioned. He's, he kind of holds the, the other brothers back. He kind of makes a big deal and everything else. But you kind of forget something. You kind of forget that, okay, this is a, a story about Joseph, but it's, it's more than Joseph. Because as the text goes on, we hear about Joseph. We're never told that Joseph gets a promise from God. He gets a dream from God, but God never sits down and makes a covenant the way he does with Jacob. Jacob and God, they had a covenant. 
And so as we come to this, this point where the brothers return to, to old Jacob, to Israel, his name is now, as they come to return to him and tell him, your son is alive, he's doing well, we are going to go see him. I have to wonder that maybe if part of the story isn't so much about Jacob's understanding of the promise of God, not Joseph's, but Jacob's. Because Jacob lost something too. Jacob had to go all those years wondering what happened. He had to go through that entire part of his life wondering, God, why did this happen? And after so many years, he's reminded of the promise of God. Sisters and brothers, don't let go to the promises of God. Sometimes that's all we have. But as long as we look at the blessings and the promises, we can be reminded that the best of it all is God is with us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.